KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This is KCRW. I'm Madeline Brand. Time now for our weekend film reviews. And we've got stories from Italy to Mexico to the moon this week. And joining me to discuss what to watch and what to skip, we have Katie Walsh. She reviews films for the Tribune News Service, the Los Angeles Times, and The Wrap. Hi, Katie. Hi, Madeline. And Whitney Seibold contributes to Slash Film and co-hosts the podcast Critically Acclaimed. Hi, Whitney. Hello. All right. First up, we have the newest movie from actor-director Kenneth Branagh. It's called A Haunting in Venice. It's his third Agatha Christie adaptation, where he once again stars as Detective Hercule Poirot, who's investigating a murder at a seance. I do not believe in psychics. Come with me to a seance. Spot the con I can't. Detective, you are here to discredit me. But I can talk to the dead. I'd give all I have to hear my daughter's voice. If someone wants to be heard, we are here. Listening. Okay, Katie, this film also stars Michelle Yeoh, Kyle Allen, and Tina Fey. What did you think? You know, obviously you said it's his third Agatha Christie playing Hercule Poirot. This takes place about 10 years after death on the Nile, which was the last time we saw this uh, detective. And it's two years after World War II. So it's 1947. He's retired. It has a a, quite a tinge of sadness and sorrow to this film. Um, It's tonally quite different from the first two films I found in the sense that he's going to this seance. Uh, Michelle Yeoh plays the, the psychic, the medium, and they're dealing with death, you know, they, as a psychic and a detective, they are the two people that that people go to to ask for questions about their loved ones who have who have passed away. So it's a big reckoning, both with war and trauma and death and sadness, and um, what it means to to be someone who talks to the dead, whether it's through spiritual means or through um, you know detecting and and finding a rational answer. Kenneth Branagh does some really wild stuff with the style here while we're inside of this Halloween party that has turned into a seance. Mm -hmm. It's all these high and low angles and fisheye lenses and you start to feel like everything's underwater and it's very sort of like daring for him, I think, in this aesthetic of what he's doing. But I quite liked this um, this version uh, or this outing of, of Brana doing Poirot. I think it's um, really emotional and um, it really resonated with me. So it, this was a good one for me. Whitney, the trailer makes it look like it's a horror film. Is it? Kind of. This is, uh, if it is, it's the third time Kenneth Branagh has sort of gone into this territory. I was actually quite reminded of his 1991 film, Dead Again, which is also kind of this vaguely supernatural murder mystery. He actually is really comfortable with this kind of material. Although this time he is, like Katie said, really going wild with the style. I think he was working with a little bit of a smaller budget and had a little bit more of a limited uh, space in which to film this movie. So he's really trying to dress it up with a lot of uh, weird, eerie noises and uh, yeah, the lenses and the angles and the lighting. So it all feels like a bit of a haunted house picture, which does make it stand apart from the a little bit more austere aesthetic of the first two Poirot mm-hmm. movies that he's made. It's also refreshing to see 
one of these Poirot movies without a really problematic male lead in the middle of it. This one is just sort of unabashedly entertaining. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed how emotional it was. I loved how strange, how eerie, and yeah, how horror movie-like it was. It would be a good Halloween movie. All right. A Haunting in Venice is out now in wide release. Next up, a new biopic called Cassandro. It's about a Mexican-American professional wrestler also called Cassandro, and he's portrayed by the actor Gael Garcia Bernal. And here's a clip from the trailer. I've been doing real fights since a couple of years ago. They always cast us around. They don't see nothing else. You ever thought about being an exotico? They don't let exoticos win. I want to flip it. Mi voz puede volar. All right, Whitney, Cassandro is a real person. He is alive today, and his career is an exotico, which means a professional wrestler, also a drag queen. Uh, I was unfamiliar with the world of exoticos uh, coming out. I, I, you know, I live in Southern California, so I'm passingly familiar with Lucha Libre, and I know about Tecnicos and Rudos, uh, but there was an element of Lucha Libre called exoticos, which was class of wrestler that were like drag queens that would come out with feather boas and really ostentatious glittery outfits. At first, they were considered buffoons. These sort of queer coded or often just queer wrestlers would come out to be beaten up and the crowd could laugh at these uh, buffoonish characters. Cassandro came out and wanted to be an exotico who won. He wanted to be uh, seen as a legitimate wrestler and kind of bring this uh, class of Lucha Libre to the fore. And this is his biopic. And it is pretty straightforward in the way it tells his story. It explores his relationship with his mother, who is a constant presence in his life, his relationship with his trainer, who sort of encouraged him to get on with this, and his relationship with uh, his boyfriend, who was closeted for a lot of the movie. Um, Gael Garcia Bernal plays, I mean, he's excellent in most anything, and he plays this part with the right amount of energy, but also a little bit of sadness underneath uh, what he's sort of doing, because he is struggling through a lot of of just his personal life. And it all comes to a head uh, at the end where he realizes that being a superstar has actually been very positive for the world. Okay, Katie, the trailer, as we just played, was in English. Is this entirely in English? It's in English and in Spanish. Um, Saul, who is the man behind Cassandro, the performance, and there is a difference between Saul and Cassandro. It's his, you know, drag persona. He is a Mexican-American from El Paso, Texas, but he goes often to Mexico for these matches. So it is quite an American story. There's a moment where he and his mother see some migrants coming through the yard and his mother's like, oh, we have to give them some food. So it really does touch on this sort of border town question and also the American dream and stardom and things like that. So I really enjoyed this film. So he has to come into his own in the ring and be as big and as flamboyant and as wild as he can be. And he sort of gets his superpower from, you know, embracing all of the things that that people said he shouldn't be, you know, which is queer and gay and flamboyant and all of this stuff. So and it's just centered by this incredible performance by Gael Garcia Bernal, who's just, you know, one of our one of our greatest actors. So I think it's a really um, beautiful, interesting and very layered, intimate, grounded portrait of like an outsized figure. Cassandro in select theaters today.
The next movie also takes place in Mexico. It's a dark comedy called Rotting in the Sun. It's by the Chilean director Sebastian Silva. He plays himself or a version of himself when he meets an influencer, an American guy named Jordan on a gay nude beach in Mexico. And then they end up in Mexico City where he suddenly goes missing and Jordan has to find him. Senora, I'm looking for uh, mi amigo, Sebastian. Where the f*** is this bitch? Tell me where Sebastian is. I know you know where he is. Dime donde esta Sebastian. Sé que sabes donde esta. All right, Katie, this movie has a lot of full frontal nudity, a lot of influencers, and then this mystery. What is happening here? Yes, it does have a lot of uh, full frontal nudity and, and unsimulated sex, so everyone should just know that going in. But I loved this movie so much. I'm a huge fan of Sebastian Silva. A lot of times he's either in these films or he, his brothers are in his films. It's He's often playing with like auto fiction in a way, like playing versions of himself or his brothers are playing versions of themselves and dealing with sort of things in his life. He plays Sebastian Silva, a film director who's struggling with depression and anxiety and work issues. And he goes to this nude beach to relax where he meets Jordan Firstman, who is a social media personality and a comedy writer. I don't know if you ever saw Jordan's Instagram videos where he does like impressions of Banana Bread's publicist and stuff like that. But no, well, he he kind of went viral like on Instagram uh-huh. for these oh, impressions videos. And he starts pitching Sebastian his TV show and is this really annoying, very much uh, pushy person that Sebastian does not want to be around. And, and then obviously, as you said, he goes missing and they they have to figure out where he is. It is outrageous. I can't even say everything that happens in this movie because I don't want to give anything away, but it is such a fascinating, harrowing, thrilling experience to watch it. And I do think Jordan Firstman gives a terrific performance because he's playing himself, but he's also acting. And it's got very uncut gems energy. I don't know if that will mean anything to anyone, but just the kind of high anxiety everything's going wrong. It just really feels like sort of a safety Brothers type of endeavor. But it's Sebastian Silva, and I'm so glad he's back. <laughs> Wait, Katie, did you say unsimulated sex or simulated sex? Um, no, like actual sex. So it's kind of a porno? I would say it's not a porno. It like It just is sprinkled. It's not the main dish. <laughs> <laughs> These are wonderful words you're using to describe the unsimulated (laughs) sex in this movie. I'm just, it's like, it's just sort of on the edges. It's not the whole thing. It's not the main story. (laughs) Got it. All right. I'm I'm snickering like a a junior high school kid over here. I'm sorry. (laughs) Whitney? Uh, what did you think? I, I also adored this movie. This movie is so excellent. It it has, like Katie said, that Safdie Brothers energy, but because of the strange meta-narrative quality to it, it it's almost surreal. It feels like this strange essay that Sebastian Silva is writing about himself uh, because he, he is playing himself. He's playing the very depressed version of himself. He's playing the version of himself who's trying to break out as an artist and be taken seriously as an artist, but at the same time, 
uh, a big element of this movie is he's constantly online. He's looking at Instagram. Uh, he's at a party, but we see like constant footage of him looking at his phone and this idea of influencers and this kind of shallow world of uh, Instagram influencers is now taking over the kind of space, the art spaces that he wants and that he's included an actual influencer in this movie is kind of his attempt to marry these worlds. I can't unfortunately tell you too much what happens without giving away some of the more exciting mysteries. But uh, all of this is handled with total deafness and yet is still really kind of laid back and presented very matter of factly, keeping you even more off balance. It's really, really terrific. Wow. Okay. Riding in the Sun, streaming on Mubi beginning tomorrow. Last, a new film on Amazon Prime called A Million Miles Away. It tells the true story of Jose Hernandez, who grew up as a migrant farm worker and then became a NASA astronaut. Going to space, it's a stupid dream. Last 10 candidates were chosen from 12,962 applicants. It's never gonna happen. Those people who got into the program, what do they have that you don't? Okay, Whitney, Michael Pena stars as Jose Hernandez. He endlessly applies to be an astronaut before finally being accepted. And it sounds like a great American dream story, but it also sounds a little sappy. Sappy as all get out, but uh, (laughs) that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, This is... Hollywood biopic pablum at its finest. Uh, It was directed by Alejandro Marquez Abella, and she tries to kind of tell a a very straightforward version of this guy's story, but with all of that Hollywood treacle you're used to, all of the big musical cues, all of the big dramatic moments. Jose Hernandez saw the moon landing on TV when he was a kid, and he didn't get to go into space until the early 2000s, so that's how long he was working to get into space. Like, that was his dream. And this is about him giving speech after speech about how he has a dream. And Michael Pena who's always great, is great once again. Every scene of this is completely predictable. Uh, It's structured in a very sappy, predictable way, almost as if it's made for a a classroom full of, you know, anxious sixth graders. It has that kind of vibe to it, but it's a really good version of that. I feel like it has just enough panache and just enough energy and just enough tearjerkers to get you feeling a little bit moved in that family movie kind of a way. Katie? So this is a, another NASA on Amazon Prime movie. Last year, there was uh, Goodnight Oppie. Uh, they're very touching, entertaining films, but I also feel like they're like n- NASA recruitment videos in a way. <laughs> I think the best thing about this movie is the chemistry between Michael Pena and Rosa Salazar. They have a really fun dynamic as husband and wife. I do think that the director makes some interesting creative choices um, with kind of some editing structure and the uh, stuff she does with the camera, but it is pretty standard issue biopic fare. Okay. A Million Miles Away, streaming on Amazon Prime Video. Katie Wallace reviews films for the Tribune News Service, the Los Angeles Times, and The Wrap. Whitney Seibold, contributor to Slash Film and co-host of the podcast Critically Acclaimed. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you, guys. KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.